to the Rising Stars podcast. I am your host, Brianna Moriarty. Today, we have a guest, Elliot Winskill from PMC, and they are based out of the UK. He is the head of solutions, and we are going to talk about delivering technology in a post-COVID world. So welcome, Elliot. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Great. Um, Can you start by telling me more about PMC and your role there? Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, PMC are 20 years old this year. Um, We started off as a retail consultancy firm based in the UK, targeting mainly the tier two retailers about how we could help them to um, implement technology and to really focus on digital transformation through their journey. Over the years, we've kind of broadened that skill set and worked with uh, many retailers to actually really understand what it is we're trying to deliver. So now we're a kind of retail and B2C organization. We provide expertise and access to broad skill sets with a real flexible resourcing model and an agile approach, which we can achieve because we're a co-located business, both here in the UK with around 100 staff and, and over in Baroda, India with, with 300 plus staff out there. And what that allows us to do for our retail and B2C organization is to really deliver transformational and innovative projects across industry leading technologies and platforms, as well as proprietary and legacy systems, the more you know, old fashioned solutions that, that still plague retail today. And then with our managed services teams, which we, we have a large portion of our business is, is managed services. And that's about delivering then the specialized support that retail and B2C retailers need, because actually they've got multiple vendors, multiple platforms, and they all have to do that with old hardware and technologies and printers and scanners and cash drawers and everything else that comes to, to, to life when you, you start targeting the in-store uh, example. So Where I sit personally is I sit within our product team or our product division, and I head up our ability to consult with our customers around solutions and how they can actually take new strategies and new technologies in the digital space and really apply them in store using that real heart of innovation and trying to really put creativity back into the heart of retail and B2C, while also understanding that, especially post-COVID, there is a, a real drive to improve effectiveness and the cost efficiency of their IT infrastructure. So a really interesting space for me to sit, but more importantly for PMC, this is essential to us being, being a modern day technological service provider. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned, um, you know, you guys are working with the retail, retailers to help them build custom solutions for their businesses. Can you walk me through that process and what goes into that? Yeah, I mean, for, for every retail or B2C organization, it always starts with a strategy, a strategy around how technology and how their business needs to operate to drive a customer experience. And, and everything at the end of the day goes back to your customer, to your staff, to what are you trying to deliver as the final experience that whoever interfaces with your business has to go through. But with every strategy, unfortunately, there are a million and one problems and things that you have to really think about to deliver that strategy. And technology in more and more cases now is not just being the the bit that has to be done. It's now being seen as the core underpinning part of delivering whatever new experience or technology or uh, customer endpoint they're trying to deliver. So that leads out into requirements. And we get involved normally between the strategy and the problems phase where we go in and, and help them really figure out 
what that looks like. And fundamentally for me, that draws down to some really important choices that every retailer or B2C business must make. Mm -hmm. And with every problem or requirement, there are always the options of build, buy and integrate. You know, with build being that I've got to build something custom to deliver it. And actually my requirements maybe aren't wide enough to warrant the other options. And actually building it might be the best approach for that scenario or it might be buy it. There are some amazing solutions out there that both yourself and, and, and we work with on a day-to-day -day basis. And our, our vision is not that everything must be custom. It's that actually some things are better buy. You're better to go out and buy a big system that delivers you 100% of your requirements mm -hmm. out of the box because it's faster, more agile. Or the, the, the one that people tend to shy away from, but is still an absolutely valid one, is, is integration. It's I've already got that functionality in the business. I just need to use it differently. And actually, if I integrate it the right way, I could use it differently. So we go in with that approach. You know, what are you trying to achieve? What's your requirements? And actually, you've always got all three options. Then it's about working with the, with the retailer or the B2C to go, which one of those options is going to give you the most agility, the most speed, and the most efficiency to deliver you the solution you're looking for in the most cost-effective, but the most resilient and scalable way you can for the future. Right, that makes sense. So how do you guys, I guess, kind of determine um, with retailers how they should you know, go about that, build it, buy it, or integrate approach? I mean, in essence, it, it normally comes down to, to the, the, the trifecta, uh, the mm -hmm. cost versus quality versus speed. And, and it, it really does come down to that decision making of if you've got 20 requirements for a solution and the products you're looking at have 150 requirements, you're going to be most likely paying for 150 requirements when you only need 20. Mm -hmm. And if they tell you it's going to take 10 weeks to deploy, then you might have your speed, but you haven't got your cost. You're paying a lot of money for stuff you might never use. So then it's a really is a question of, are you in the future going to use them? Because if you are, then going down that roadmap of, of deciding on a product and going on that journey, it might be the right thing. But actually what we're finding is that that is correct for maybe a small proportion of the big systems in your ecosphere. But actually there is so much bespoke custom middleware that is the, the bit that makes you unique, that, that mm -hmm. bit that makes you as the retailer bespoke, special, different that little bit of difference that that every retailer is looking to drive to their customer that differentiates themselves from their other competitors it's that piece that we're finding more and more now they're going down the route of that custom build that ability to build something because it's faster it's more effective um, and is more cost effective than going back to your big providers and trying to get huge amounts of of change in a product that that's just not designed to do what you're looking for it to do Right. It's great that you guys provide those options. So what, what do you think is one of the, or kind of the overall common issue or potential solution that retailers are overlooking when it comes to in-store technology? It's, it, for me, it's about mentality. It's about looking at your eco technological ecosphere differently and and too many times people are nervous to to take a more modular approach because they think it means more providers more partners more difficulty more integrations which historically have always gone pretty bad in terms of the the ability to integrate mm -hmm. but but i think you know and that's why for decades the rip and replace mentality has been a common 
thing in retail and B2C where you'd buy a very big system, sweat it for 10 years, then you'd rip it all out and you put a new one in. But I mean, you know, that's the past. And and in the past, technology was hard to twist and bend. With the newer technology, if you go on the right digital transformation path, that's not hard anymore. That's not a difficult thing to do. And actually understanding that your route to digital transformation is going to be is going to be full of unique things that are special to you and things that you're going to do differently to everyone else. Mm-hmm. If you can go on that journey with your eyes open and know that you're going to end up having to choose many things and all you need really is a core set of technology providers who have the right skills, technology and services to wrap around all these best of breed things you're going to go away and and, and pick up. Mm-hmm. Then I think fundamentally, if you can get your mindset right, and, and there are some some broadening executives coming out now with that approach, then that's probably the biggest challenge that they've got to overlook or overcome at the moment is getting through the fear uh, of doing things in in such a more agile way. When you're talking about the in-store is just very uncommon uh, across in-store retail uh, today. Right. So what does PMC do specifically to help these retailers recognize or solve these issues? Yeah, so I think the really key thing that PMC have done over the last five to ten years, which is, is fundamentally different to the approaches of historical, was we're not just a services business, pure blood anymore. You know, you can't just be the, the, the guys that all you do is work with partners and, and you just service their products. Mm-hmm. Actually, now what we've learned as a business is we have to have our own IP, our own technology, our own they're not products, they're capabilities. And what that's about is about making sure that we have the ability to not only be the guys that can come in and say, right, this is the route you should take, this is what you should do. But if they need us, we also have the technology and the skills to do it for them. So we can say, oh, you need a bit of glue in there, something a bit different, a bit of an integration middleware, whatever it may be, that we have the technology and the platform and the skills to just put something in there and solve that problem for them. So we're not looking to build products of any kind. What we're looking to do is to have technology capability, which is in our world, we have a what we call our cloud integration enabler platform, which is just really designed to sit between the lines and to fit in where it needs to, to deliver those little technological proof of concepts, small little solutions, things they need fast, but do it alongside as a service so that actually when you need us, we're here, we can deliver that e-receipts module if you need us to as an interim solution before you go and get some very brand you know nice looking thing or if it's a i don't know an order system that you're in the middle of of replacing your inventory system and you need to know how you bring that together you know those little solutions are really key for us and that's how we bring difference is not just having services but we also then have the technology and the skills that can support them and and we learn a lot through integrating with providers like yourselves on how things should work and how the best way to bring solutions to store is. For sure. You also mentioned um, in some of our previous conversations that you guys provide tech support for the hardware for your customers. So can you tell me more about that and what that specifically means? Um, Are you guys doing installations or just kind of like a tech support line? So I think for us, it depends on the customer. We, we really do believe that each customer has their own way of, of, of shaping their partners. So we, we tend to go from the, the full managed service side. So we can actually do end to end. We will have hardware providers in the countries that they require swap outs and providers to deploy and install. 
to having a small few guys here that can do that for them if that's required on a more bespoke layer, all the way down to a first to fourth line desk that can take calls and route them to the right providers and we will build the service around that customer. So what, what we believe is that managed services is, is not just about being a, a desk that takes a call and drops it. We've got to actually be more than that. We've got to work with the right providers. We've got to have the right relationships and partnerships with all of the hardware people, including the printing providers like yourself. So we really mm -hmm. do learn and actually get good partnerships. So when there are problems, we can add value on top of just taking phone calls or dealing with routing issues or any of those other elements that really aren't you know it, it is the old way of supporting for in in our view so i think our managed services team has spent a lot of time building the right relationships so that we can offer those services all the way from a managed service down to um uh, something more specific like installing a specific pos and making sure that all the peripherals work with that specific point of sale Definitely. And to be able to provide this type of support, you guys probably have to become experts in the hardware that you're providing or the solutions that you're providing. So tell me about that process and how your team becomes those experts on products that aren't necessarily yours. Yeah. And that's really key for us is actually we do it through our own building of our own stuff, our own IP and products. And that's where, you know, this, this really important piece about being a technology service provider is, you know, having our cloud integration enabler platform. I've been integrating um, with star printers for seven years. I've been learning about how they worked at that unbelievably low level because we do it. And we then, we do that in custom solutions. And those custom solutions are only small. They, they don't go too far in terms of, you know, we're not got them in lots of customers, but it's that knowledge you learn by doing it is what you then apply into your, into your services and into what you do out to the rest of your customers. So, so that knowledge of having some core people that understand the products is something we can we can innovate and build within our business because actually they're using it in a very different way in the way that the, the, the software houses use it. We're learning about it. And yeah, we, we absolutely go out and use that in solutions that then, you know, end up being mini solutions that are, are, are kind of sold to customers. But actually the core knowledge and skill set we've grown from that then benefit the rest of the business as well in terms of what we do on a managed services perspective. That's great. So I want to get into more of PMC's global strategy, but first we're just going to take a really quick break to talk about StarMicronics scanners. StarMicronics provides the complete hardware solution for point of sale, from receipt printers to cash drawers to tablet stands, and now scanners. Star is proud to announce their new line of reliable 1D and 2D barcode scanners, including desktop and handheld. Each scanner is equipped with high-powered CPUs and are capable of capturing high-density, high-volume, and distorted barcodes on paper or screen. With a variety of uses in retail, restaurant, warehouse, and more, find the barcode scanner that's right for you. Visit StarMicronics.com today to learn more. So Elliot, PMC is, you guys are based in the UK. You mentioned you have an office in India as well, but you guys also support some pretty recognizable brands in the US. So tell me more about your global strategy and how um, you kind of work with those brands in the States. Yeah, so I think PMC is uh, to date has focused very heavily on businesses that have been headquartered in the UK. That's how we, we grew up uh, mm -hmm. as a business and, and that's where it started. But I think 
as you do when you partner with with multinational companies that operate all over the world it's not long before you start to um, operate in in countries outside of, of the uk so you know we've been very fortunate through our, our customers and through actually a lot of our partners we've really started to expand our experience and our knowledge and started to learn about those environments and and hence from that we're now in three regions and 15 plus countries including the us canada australia france germany and many of the other european nations mm-hmm. um and and that's that's really been a great experience for us because as a business, what we're realizing is we are retail industry experts. We understand UK retail industry, but actually, as we started to broaden, what we've realized is in Europe, especially, they're a couple of years behind us. In the US, they're probably slightly ahead in some cases and in other cases, slightly behind. And, and actually what we've got is we've got industry specialism and that is very much apl- applicable across the regions and across the water and and we've got a set of people that are that work very hard and and now as, as you rightly said we, we work with four retailers um across the uh, in the states one is one of them we're doing fiscal compliance in in europe teaching them about how how to come to europe and, and what fiscal means which um is a very new world and for many u.s businesses and it is, is, right. is an interesting world for the europe for europe um, but then on top of that, we've also been operating a lot with U.S. companies on the e-com side and supporting things like testing and, and development and actually developing out a lot of stuff on behalf of our partners for them mm-hmm. across the water. So I think for us, it's the start. It, it's definitely the, the start of something for us where we're, we're now starting to really learn about what, what we are and, and where we would place in a global sense. So, you know, for us, uh, our strategy is clear. We want to be the largest tier two um retail technology services provider in the uk in the next year or uh, or couple years and then we want to grow up to a 600 person business uh within the next few years that can work globally across whatever region our customers need us in um so you know i think we're in a really uh uh, amazing place as a business and and we've got an exciting future ahead great i think just another point on that one is, you know, technologically, we've kind of driven that journey for a while, although the business is slowly growing, we built our platform, our, our cloud integration platform based off of a global mindset. You know, mm-hmm. we can operate anywhere in the world. We have environments in North Virginia and in, in Ireland. We have already started looking at the potential of spinning up over an APAC as well. So we, we've got that global capability in our technology toolkit. So now we're just you know ready to start scaling the business to that level. Yeah, that's very exciting. Um, so we've talked a lot about retail specifically so far. Um, does PMC work with any other customers of other industries or serve other markets? So we have predominantly been retail over the years as in the name PMC retail kind of states, but actually, you know, it, it, there are a lot of, sectors that really do quite align with retail if you think about anything that covers the b2c market technically speaking they are all in some form of way retailing with a customer whether that's for food or for um healthcare or for any of those things so you know over the years we have worked very closely in hospitality um we i work very closely with uh, spec savers both here and in australia again that's an eye care health care type retailer, very unusual in their, their way. And we work with other sectors that are kind of customer store based because anything that overlaps that physical to cloud space 
is going to be something that's going to go through a journey that retail is going on. And, and actually what we're learning is while our specialism is in retail, there are uh, always the need for skills, maybe not the consulting side, but definitely the skills that, mm -hmm. that our development teams and our testing teams and our capability around projects and, and implementation mean we're very well placed to sit in some of those markets. So I think predominantly we will continue to focus on retail as we grow, but um, I, I, I do think hospitality, healthcare and other sectors will grow um, in, in, in quite a big space to be a more B2C focused organization. Definitely. We kind of refer to them as sub-verticals within retail, you know, retail's yeah. the overarching, but within that you you can break it down to grocery or health and beauty, or like you said, even hospitality, there's so many similar aspects um, of the standard retail. So do you have any success stories that you can share with us about one of your customers? Yeah, so I think I think there's a couple actually that we, we work interestingly as well. We've worked very closely with a lot of our technology providers. So mm -hmm. we've recently uh, had a very successful project working alongside WorldPay, who are um, owned by FIS, who, of course, are a massive payments rail company across the world. Mm -hmm. And with the WorldPay team, we've augmented their team to actually provide huge amounts of capability around development, building a middleware for them that allows them to interface payments between hospitality, retail, and other payment rails. So that's a really interesting space, but actually it's completely abstract to anything that PMC have done before, because it is more about how do we interface with our technology providers and provide the capability to not just the retail themselves, but actually the core platforms that sit behind them. Right. Uh, a couple of others, you know, some of the more recent ones is we've had great success with with a couple big uh, kind of retailers who aren't truly retailers in their sense. They're more econ based, but they're really good. And that's in web development and testing services that have underpinned the digital transformation for both Provisimo, who are a clothing uh, fashion or clothing retailer. Um, and also the Green Commute Initiative, which is an amazing initiative around getting cycling and, and the kind of the way that they do kind of uh, automate bikes and, and all those sort of things as a technology service. Mm -hmm. So there's been some amazing web development uh, work we've done with them and then tested their solutions for them. And then I think the, the other two I would probably just lightly mention was our, a recent launch we've had here in the UK with a company called Crew Clothing, who are a fashion retailer. They're doing really well here in the UK at the moment. They came to us and said, could you build an event mobile selling solution in 10 weeks for our events? And we kind of had a moment, sat, kind of weighed up the risk and went, you know what, I think, I think we could. I think we've got that skill and capability and knowledge in the, in the business now. And, and thankfully, we, we successfully delivered that to five events just in the summertime. And now they're looking at how we really underpin their digital transformation across all their 100 stores here in the UK. So, you know, a really great use case story for us and, and driven a massive conversation that is going to move forward. And then finally, from a managed services perspective, we helped Reese, who are another fashion retailer, and we've supported their operations across Europe and the US as they try to grow into that, those markets. And, and, and now they've got a number of stores in the US that, that we've been managing, supporting and helping over, over the last few years. So some real success for them and, and, and support that we've given them. Definitely. So we mentioned, or we talked about PMC trying to kind of really focus on helping these retailers align their in-store experiences and approaches with this whole post-COVID world. I think there's a huge emphasis on the customer experience in-store. Um, it was so easy during COVID and lockdowns to just 
totally moved to e-commerce and now I'm not sure people want to go out as much as they were before. So what has that experience been like for you and what goes into helping these retailers um, improve that strategy? So I think retailers have been on a really interesting um, journey through the COVID pandemic. I mean, some went into the pandemic and were, were already finding struggling times prior and hence have had to really use the pandemic to work out how they drive more out their e-com. And, and some have found massive success in the fact that they weren't really getting a lot out of their e-com to what they thought prior to COVID, but have used it to really to do that. And we saw a massive bait of solutions popping into the, the retail space around fulfillment from store where you could, you know, place an order and it actually get fulfilled from the store rather than the the, the warehouse during COVID as a way to remove excess stock to try and move that stock around. Right. Um, but I think what it, what, what, whoever you were in COVID and whether you had a good successful pandemic in terms of you didn't, you know, lose too much money and you, you kind of came out of it strong as a, a retail estate or whether you've had to retrench during the COVID period. I think the main thing that all retailers would commonly agree has happened is there's been a massive speed up of the expectation of, of experience and, and actually Absolutely. how do you bring that customer back into your store is one of the toughest questions they've got to answer right now is it through sales is it through continuous bammering of saying if you come in store we're going to give you so much more off than if you mm -hmm. were to shop online is it um, trying to focus on making every customer experience a, a joyful experience in some magical way that's unique to that retailer. I think, but all of that is marred by this huge challenge, which is I've also got to think about cost, driving cost down the business because I've just had a really tough 18 months and I'm coming up to what is going to be the, the toughest peak period they've had to face in many, many decades in terms of how do you, how do you get maximize your sales? You know, if, we know some retailers who 80% of their sales come from peak in a peak period where we're not sure whether people are going to come out or not. And, and that's a really quite a big challenge. So I think the big thing that retailers have realized is how do you drive more experience, become faster and more agile to do more because you can't hang around to the same level you could pre-pandemic? And then how do you do that consistently while making sure that everything you know is is continuously kept up to date and, and working and and actually they've realized that technology once again is going to be the underpinning piece to that um and and if you weren't taking technology seriously prior to covid which i can't imagine many that weren't you are definitely now and, and really looking at how do you get more out of your technology but also having the same conversation with your technology providers and i'm sure you guys have had the same conversations we have which is great i know i need to do it but i haven't got the money to do it that way i need to do it differently that's a little bit more agile but gets me what i need and they're being a lot more targeted with their solutions. So that's a really challenging space to be in. But it's also really exciting because what it does is it gets rid of the norms. It gets rid of the conforms. It gets rid of everything that they used to do as a kind of, well, it's OK. We'll just do it this way because this way has always worked. Mm -hmm. And, and they're trying to be more innovative. The question is, who are going to be around there to help them to be more innovative? And that's where people like ourselves and all technology providers including yourselves in the market have to step up and start helping our retailers even if it is just to give them a bit of advice to say hey think think about this think about that be a bit different um that's fundamentally going to be the most important thing because retail needs the experience to be different they don't quite know what different yet because no one really knows what's going to work in a post-pandemic world what they know is that 
they've got to somehow get people out and get them back in your store. And, and we're all being a bit more selective, whether it be financially or whether it be exp- what stores we visit on a shopping trip. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a tough time, but an exciting time if you're the right retailer with the right mentality. Right. So, you know, what, what technology and your experience would you say is needed um, for those retailers to improve their experience and get people back in their store? Um, I'm not sure what you guys are experiencing in the UK, but in the US, you know, there's a huge labor shortage right now. And there's a lot of talks about how technology can help complement um, the current employees and kind of help fill that gap um, with self-service and in-aisle um, checkout, things like that. So um, what are you seeing that retailers really need to adopt in terms of technology? So I think during COVID, we saw a bit of a rise of the uh, the scan and go um, uh, solution. I think everyone thought that was going to be the next no-touch type solution. I don't think that was ever going to be the, the true success it, it it, it probably touted itself to be just because at the end of the day, the retailers, the retail minded people tend to get a bit touchy feely. If you start saying that I can use my own phone and scan all my items and walk out and there's kind of fraud detection, all this stuff starts getting right. real nervous. But I think what, what we will see is I, I actually fundamentally don't think things have changed when it comes to the technology you need in store. I think in the end, it's about knowing your customer and knowing what technology are they going to interface with. You know, I, I think retailers who don't optimize to go, I actually think having a self-checkout over there works for me and having a self-pay over there works for us. And having, I think it's about understanding what are the different customer age gaps you have, the different demographics, the different situations that you've got in your industry and your area and where you live and all these things, factors and making sure you give as many options as you can. I think that's the fundamental for me is giving, it's not about any specific technology is gonna win. I think it's about, it's about having the flexibility to say, do you know what? I think this area would really validate whether this type of technology for scan and go will work. I'm gonna trial this in this region for a period of time, see how it goes. If it works, I'll trial it in that region because those two regions might be different. And and actually the big challenge for retailers is making sure the main technological systems they have, have the flexibility or have the right systems around them that Mm -hmm. enable them to be flexible. So you can start to do that, to say, do you know what? I think this might work just at Christmas period here and I'm going to trial it and it's going to take me two weeks to get set up, but don't worry, I'll run it for six weeks, see how it goes and then decide whether I want to roll it to somewhere else. So so I think, you know, self-scan, scan and go, endless aisle pick and uh, store to store transfer or store to store ordering you know all this stuff is is absolutely in certain use cases will have great use cases across all retailers there'll be certain regions stores environments where that will absolutely match and and there'll be other environments where it won't and i think the question is how do you build a new retail vision where it says we can trial all of those things at a much more cost-effective rate, much faster, more agile approach. And I'm going to try them. And I might spin it up in that region and then decide it didn't work and then spin it up in another region because it might work there. And if you can get that mentality right, then I think it stops becoming a, what's my big technology choice for this year? Am I going with scan and go? Am I going with self-checkout? And it's a, well, how many things do we realistically think need to trial where? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely love that point. And I think it's something that, you know, people in our industry might overlook. It's not just a one size fits all in terms of technology. You know, if you went into 
a high-end clothing store, it wouldn't make sense for there to be self-checkout or um, self-service, whereas in your department store, that might make a little more sense. It, it, it really all depends on that customer and what they're expecting to get out of their shopping experience. I think, interesting on that point, I think if you look at you know, I tend to, if I'm looking for inspiration of where things are going really well, you kind of look at the sort of Japan, China region to see what they're doing with technology. And I think mm -hmm. if you look at what, what things like Alipay have done so successfully is that they built an entire ecosphere around the fact that they are not just one payment mechanism. You aren't just interfacing with them with one way. You can use them in such unbelievably weird and wonderful ways. You can interface with it so cleverly that when you start talking about things like WeChat and how they interface with text buying versus purchasing versus mm -hmm. normal interfacing versus the in-store versus the e-com, you know, you look at how many different clever ways they've done it. What they've really done is just built a payment rails. They've built a, an a underpinning technology that says you can use us however you fancy and mm -hmm. we will flex and play. And, and that's essentially what we've got to do as physical retail to go, how do we get that into the store to be more like that? Now it's not as easy as that, but it, it's something we've got to do. Definitely. Well, I want to shift gears just a little bit and talk about um, how you guys leverage partnerships. So does PMC work within the channel, like distributors? Um, and if so, how, I guess, how do those partnerships impact your business? Yeah, so it tends to be, you know, we have two sets of partners in PMC, and, and this is where this innovative side of what we do in our product space is really important, this building capability, because, you know, we in a services world very much interface with the providers that do the reselling, that do the kind of the day to day, I'm selling the solution, and then I'm going to, I need someone to implement it. So if you're looking for someone to implement the solution or to support it, or to drive engagement once it's been implemented, then, then we will work with our retailers based on whatever solutions they choose. So we don't mind too much whatever pause they go for or whatever ERP or whatever system they go and buy, we will work with them to make sure it implements correctly, whether that be hands-on or whether that just be as a, a, a support mechanism. However, that's only just the starting point of most engagements. Actually behind that, there's the layer of technology providers who do all the good stuff and the really interesting bits. And that's what you know you guys are doing with building on your side and, and, and hence you then pass to your channel. So that's where we like to sit in the product space is you know I interface with most of the main hardware, software, clever things that are coming out in the UK market. Uh, I'm not so uh, up to speed on the US market at this current point in time, but very interested to learn more about the technology that's happening in that space. Mm -hmm. Because actually what we do is we integrate. We just uh, learn about how do I how do I go about integrating a, a Star SDK? What does that do? Like what, what capabilities do I get? What, why would I do that? What do I need to know about it? So by going through those journeys and building those relationships and, and really focusing on what technology is going to change the future? You know, mm -hmm. it, the biggest challenge is what, what's coming next, no one knows the answer to, but there's always little indicators of great technology. And the question for us is about, you know, getting to the best and brightest of what's gonna help our customers in the future. Because if we learn about that from an integrational side, I can pass that knowledge to consulting and say, hey, consulting, 
this technology is really great. You should, when you're talking to your customers, make sure you, you have those conversations to say, have they thought about this or that, or have they done this or have they done that? And from a services side, we can then pass the knowledge of, oh, did you know this is how this thing works? So in the deep level, if this goes wrong, you might be looking at something like that. Do you want me to loop you up with some, some more information? You know, so we can pivot that knowledge. Um, so, so, you know, I think from our side, we look to work across the channel of partnerships. We will have specific, very high level partnerships that are a lot more strategical. So the likes of um, the oracles of this world, Microsoft's, um, we work with pod companies like Fluid and Inacta, and, and we have great partnerships, all these big providers that do the pods. Um, and we have a lot of knowledge in those products and how we support them in implementation as implementation partners, but also then on the back end, I have an amazing set of partnerships with the likes of yourselves and, and other hardware in the payment space and the, the scanning space and the e-com space and all these other places where we then start to work out, you know, what does our relationship, how do we work together? We play a little around with things and we, we learn about stuff that we then implement into both consulting and into our retailers knowledge. Right, so based on that, what kind of partners might PMC be looking for today? I think for us that there are two key partners. It's it's those that are look that are you know as more and more SaaS platforms come out, what we're learning about SaaS is simple. SaaS platforms don't want to support their own products, then they don't really want to do too much around implementation because it's 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 a really busy game. And actually, for them, it's a lot easier just focusing on building great products. So, so we always look for the best and brightest new solutions. We think we could help with our great implementation and, and, and our knowledge and our project resources that we can layer over the top. And we've done that very successfully with a company called um, Front Systems in Norway, where they were a POS company that just didn't have the scale to, to deploy to the UAE. We did. We knew how to do that. So then we ended up deploying to the UAE and, and, and um, Dubai and all those sort of areas for, for front systems on their behalf, implementing their product. And now we support it. So, so it's things like that we're very good at, but also from, from a very selfish perspective, I'm always looking for the best and brightest technology that, that I can look at from a retail in-store perspective of how we truly help retailers to make digital transformation faster, more agile and, and, and more cost effective. Um, and if we can do those three things, then I think understanding what does each retailer's journey got to look like and how do we make it better and faster and, and, and more effective for them is something that I'd be always interested to talk to and, and to look at how we can integrate them or how we can learn about them and, and make sure we spread the message and you know we're not a reseller we don't resell any solutions um that's always been pmc's way because we're advisors we're people that can we want to know what's going on once we know what's going on we will spread the word and talk about it in a context of how we help digital transformation right so with that what would you say differentiates pmc from other retailer technology service providers in our industry today so I think for us, it starts with three key things. Um, number one is, is retail's ch changing faster than ever before. And, and with that, you've got that kind of split across the fact that the retail, that kind of the global digital shortage is growing faster than that again. So, you know, that I, I read an article the other day that said digital acceleration in 2020 has grown massively with 69% of leaders saying their organization has digital skills gap. So we've got digital acceleration happening at speeds we've never even seen, yet 69% of leaders say they haven't got the people they need to deliver that. 
Um, and on top of that, we in the UK, we added our consumer digital index this year, and it showed 17.1 million adults, which is 52% of our total workforce lack digital skills required for the work, mm -hmm. you know, and the pandemic's only going to make that worse. So for us, it's about making sure, and what makes us different is that not only do we have services, which is what every technology service provider must have, of course, because that's what they're mm -hmm. out there for, but we also have the skills and the technology at a global scale that then enables us to, to manage and support that. So we have the right technology to underpin the retailer should they need that. We've got the right skills to help them choose the right technology should they, they want something a little bit different, all focused around that digital transformation. And I think the bit that we're really proud of is we've got a truly co-located business, which means our, our ability to scale in terms of bring on resource is is astronomical because of the fact we've got our, our Indian operation. We've got great links to the right schools and the colleges that we bring through talent and we teach them on the new technologies as much as we can. And with the view that underpinning our business is a microservice approach to everything we do, we want to try and wrap the right services with the right management, the partnerships, so that the customer is choosing their best of breed solutions always, mm -hmm. but not forgetting that we can still support the legacy and legacy is not going to go away. So you need the skills and experience to deal with legacy. You can't just be the guys that do the, the, the new stuff. You've got to have experience and skills in the old stuff as well. And mm -hmm. so bringing that together is a real challenge. And that's where by investing heavily in our own IP, in our own ability to build technology and to build solutions that are live in customers that take millions of transactions a year, that do all of those sort of stuff is as much a learning environment for us as it is a solution and something that we've deployed on mass scale for our retailers. So it's that kind of mixture of skills, technology and, and services that I think what makes us really unique in, in the retail space. Absolutely. And just to wrap things up, our final question for you, um, what is it that makes PMC a rising star and what rising trends do you see today in retail? So I think for us, the, the thing that makes us a rising star is, is the fact that actually we've invested over the last five years heavily in learning the new technologies that we believe are going to come out there, that microservices, the headless, we, we've not just accepted we're a business that's in physical retail, we've actually embraced the cloud and gone, we believe cloud has to drive the in-store um, and, and, that, and actually, you know what, a lot of people say that, but it, that's a really hard thing to do. We've gone and done it. We've gone and built a headless microservice architecture that, under, that then works in store with physical integrations to the best and brightest in like yourselves and, and the payment space and all these other great technologies. We've built an entire solution and architecture that, that runs around that. And we've invested huge amounts of money to show that we are in the right place to help you move to a more microservice architecture of the future, which, which is a really hard thing to put into context and talk about and very, very difficult for us to try and sell. But it is the right thing to do because it puts us in an amazing place to work with our retailers on their digital transformation, because not only have we got experience of doing it with our customers, but we've actually just done it ourselves. We've just gone away and just got our own experience and got our own knowledge and to, to to have that confidence to go away and do something like that in a time where you know investment is capital is, is always difficult to come by for any business mm -hmm. um for me shows why pmc are a rising star because actually we're not afraid to make a decision we think 
is going to be the true trend, which is all retailers moving to a microservice approach where every solution they put into their business is a best of breed, whether that's been built, bought or integrated. It's come from the requirements. It's come from what is the experience that customer wants to deliver. And we think whether it will just be the support or from implementation or from us building you something in your stores, we can help that end to end now that we've gone through our own evolution as a business. That's great. Well, Elliot, thank you so much for your time today. Star really appreciates the partnership and we're excited to see it grow and see how the retail industry continues to evolve. If any of our listeners want to connect with you further or learn more about PMC, where can they find you? Yep. So absolutely find me on LinkedIn, um, Elliot uh, Winskill. I can share my details across um, to make sure that you can get in touch with me. Feel free to get in touch on LinkedIn and um, we'll, we'll take the conversation from there. That's great. And for Star Micronics, you can follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, or you can visit starmicronics.com to learn more. If you like today's episode, we really appreciate a subscribe, follow, review on whatever platform you are listening to Rising Stars on. Thanks, Elliot. Thank you.